A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. Can you really learn a new language in your sleep? This is such a myth for me for so many years. Let's ask our guest today, Inna Koblenz, an English and Italian teacher, and the co-host of Live and Learn podcast. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep. Hi, Inna. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Hi, hi, Ishan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so interesting. Both of our names start with an E. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know.、Uh, I know you actually. You teach language, and you know quite a lot of knowledge about learning. So I'm very excited to talk to you about sleep and learning today. Do you want to introduce yourself to our audience first? Yeah, happily. So I'm Ina Koblenz, and、uh, originally I come from Ukraine. So my native languages are Russian and Ukrainian. Then、uh, I went to university and I learned、uh, English as a foreign language and、uh, was trained、uh, to be an English teacher for foreigners. Then I moved to Italy at some point of my life and、uh, got a degree there at the University for Foreigners and was also trained as a teacher of Italian as a Foreign language or second language, and I'm currently living and teaching in Germany. So, quite a geography. Yeah! Wow! Quite a lot of traveling, a lot of learning. Have you, like, in your own experience of learning and traveling? To me, I think learning a new language is quite difficult. I don't know how you feel about that. And、uh, sometimes, when I was younger, I remember people say, "Well, when you learn a new language, right, you you sleep with it." I I remember I、uh, leave the English tapes on when I learn English, and I forgot to turn it off. Somehow, I think, "Oh, it's going to be helpful to me. I'm just going to sleep with it." <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Uh, well, it's partly true. We could talk about it a bit、uh, later into our podcast,、uh-huh. because、uh, really, what I feel about learning and now also teaching languages is that、uh, some people perceive it as hard work.、Mm. Others instead want、uh, a lighter approach and really want to learn in sleep. Some people say learning languages is so hard. You cannot naturally speak a language if it's not your first language that you grew up with. Others say, "Well, I'm ready to invest time and energy into learning a language, but I want to be sure that、uh, the approach I'm choosing is right for me." And many people also ask exactly this: Can I learn while I'm sleeping? Because I don't want to waste time. I want to organize my learning efficiently, and also learn while I'm sleeping. That's such a good question. Can I learn while I'm sleeping? Wow! In a way, I feel like you need to put some effort into learning while you are conscious, when we you are awake. 
But yes, what kind of role actually sleep is playing in in our learning process? Yeah, I would like to talk about it really seriously now. Then we'll have uh, some fun <laughs> later on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so putting effort into learning a language while you're awake is essential. If you just try to learn while you're sleeping, it doesn't work. And why does it happen so? Because an important uh, part or element or fragment or segment, you call it in our brain, which is hippocampus, that is responsible both for learning, remembering and forgetting, which is an essential thing. Yeah. So this part, and it's such a small uh, hippo your listeners could go and um, Google what it looks like, a tiny element of our brain that does great work. What it actually does, it allows our memory to get rid of uh, non-essential stuff, of things that we, will, that we have had contact with prior to going to bed and that we don't need or won't need later. So this uh, tiny thing called uh, hippocampus gets rid of unnecessary stuff. But what is also important for learning a language efficiently is to give this order to our brain and to hippocampus as well to remember to memorize important stuff. That's why learning before we go to bed and uh, memorizing things on purpose, learning with effort, gives a chance to hippocampus to kind of understand that we need this stuff because we put effort to it, to learning it, to memorizing it. Then while sleeping, hippocampus helps our brain and our memory get rid of unnecessary stuff and instead keep the uh, track and the memory of the things that we thought we would need while we were awake. So this determination is important. So sounds like for this uh, center, this memory center, we need to put effort in, send a strong signal to help triggering it into operation and not just counting on it, just to start doing its own work. Uh, because it's a very smart little thing. It doesn't memorize uh, just uh, by chance and it doesn't forget just by chance. Uh. Mm. It is ruled by our determination somehow. So, well, the more we revise, the more effort we put into learning, the more we are aware of the necessity to use this stuff later. Well, the higher chance there is, this uh, hippocampus in our brain will take care of uh, keeping the memory of it. Mm. Then if not, we see a lot of faces uh, in the city, in a supermarket. We perceive, but then thanks to hippocampus, we forget and we don't need them. Yeah, we just forget but if we want to remember a person, then we um, look carefully, we memorize, and then we don't forget. 
Why? Because hippocampus yeah, does not throw away the memory of something that we put uh, intentional attention to. Right. That totally makes sense. Think about how many information is going to come into us every single day, right? We are receiving so much and our brain cannot overload. Our brain have to have some mechanism there helping to protect ourselves and sort out what is important, uh, mark, code it in, remember it, and what is not important and just delete it, forget about it. And sounds like it's just our brain have to use some kind of way to decide what is important, what is not. If we pay more attention to something, we look at it several times, right? Constantly focus on that. The brain possibly will categorize that as, oh, important. I need to keep it in, not throw it yet. Mm. That's exactly how it works. Yeah, remind me a little bit uh, not directly about our memory center, but this uh, mechanism you are discussing actually reminded me of mindfulness in a way. Kind of like, right, we, are, we have wandering mind naturally every day. Sometimes we have to purposely bring the attention back to the present moment, to what is in, right in front of us. That's some effort to help our attention uh, shift back, or else we wonder again, we did not hear or really experiencing things. That's something we can put effort in to um, manage it. Yeah, sure. Then think of uh, how a child learns uh, their first language. They're not mindful about uh, how they live and uh, memorize words. They don't put effort, actually. Oh, well, they do, but it's unintentional. Mm -hmm. They just say stuff. Then uh, adults, parents, caregivers correct them. The next time they say better. And later on, they say even better until they know their mother tongue perfectly without uh, being aware, without being mindful about this stuff, just because they're still small. But the amount of repetition, the same word over and over again, corrections, saying again, etc., brings to this result that uh, a child that is two years old, three years old, speaks perfectly thanks to a lot of repetition. And this has also got a lot to do with how our brain works, yeah? Because these neuro connections between the neurons that are created when we get new information, when we repeat, when we get corrections, yeah, so these new connections are created. And thanks to this, the more we repeat, the stronger these connections get, the better we remember. If we did so many repetitions, being mindful, aware, and adult, we could get uh, results much faster. But we don't. We're lazy. We have, as you said, this wandering mind. We uh, don't want to put effort into it. So we get our results later on. But, well, the mechanism is uh, basically the same. The more repetition there is, the better and the faster the connections grow and the faster we get the result in learning language. 
So think about this. Does that mean if we put a lot of effort in during the daytime when we are conscious, then we may be able to benefit some learning process happening in our brain while we are asleep? Exactly so. One thing is that uh, if we are aware and mindful and while we're conscious and uh, we learn uh, with determination while we're awake, then in sleep, what I described previously, these processes happen and we don't forget what we put effort into. Mm? Mm. Another interesting thing was discovered by scientists who wanted to investigate into how or whether we can actually learn new stuff while we sleep. Oh. There is interesting research. So imagine if we listen to a tape, as you said also, yeah, if we listen to a tape with a foreign language, with some words in a foreign language while we sleep, can we learn these words? Research shows that we do if we had learned these words uh, previously before going to bed. Oh. If we continue listening to this stuff in the two, three first hours of sleep, our results the next day in retrieving the memories of these new words will be better compared to a control group who did not listen while asleep. Huh, interesting. We cannot count sleep to learn new things totally by itself. But mm -hmm. if we learned, like today, I learned some new words, maybe in uh, Italian, right? And I never, I didn't, don't know any word. But so it's totally to me. Uh, new... You do, you do, you already do know Italian words like uh, oh. pizza. Do you know the word pizza? It's Italian. Oh, I know Italian now. <laughs> I never know you that. Did. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Never thought about that. So if I learn several new words today and tonight when I go to bed, I keep on, I record it, I keep on listening to it. Sounds like during the light stage of sleep, the first, uh, oh no, actually it's light stage, possibly deep sleep. The first several hours, actually we, we possibly are in, partly in deep sleep. And then, wow. Researchers say two, three hours. Yeah, the first two, three hours. So it's, uh, yeah, light sleep, then deep sleep, then, yeah, the first stage. Mm -hmm. Right, great. And then tomorrow I actually can remember it better. Wow, I don't know that research. That's so cool. It is cool. It is cool. And uh, when uh, my students or coaches ask me whether they can learn new words uh, when they sleep, I say this, okay, guys, you can. But before that, do learn them when you're awake. Mm. Then you can improve your results. And this is based on scientific uh, data. Actually, yes, how it works, the same um, areas of our brain, and this was also researched by means of, uh, I'm not sure if I can pronounce this uh, device correctly, encephalographic device. Oh. Yeah, I believe it's called like that. Mm -hmm. um, researchers used encephalographic device to track which areas in uh, human brain get activated oh. while learning new vocabulary or while learning verbal input. 
And they discovered that the same areas are activated while we're awake and in sleep. Oh, okay. So when we are awake, well, certain brain areas are activated when we learn stuff. Mm-hmm. When we sleep, the same areas of brain are activated. And then if we hear the same words, the same brain areas get activated and help us learn more effectively. Oh, that's very interesting. I remember I interviewed Dr. Guy Leishner from UK a long time ago on the podcast. He mentioned actually when we are asleep, part of our brain is still quite active. Sounds like the part of the memory center and learning center is still active. And I know uh, as a psychologist, I know the emotional center also very active when we are asleep. And he also mentioned when we are awake, part of the brain actually is asleep. So it's inactive. So it's very interesting how like we sleep is not like what we think, right? When we sleep, everything shut down, everything stops. It's not like that. That's amazing. And it really shows how wired, how interestingly wired our brain is. Yeah, It's not that simple. I'm asleep or I'm awake. Not that simple at all. Right. Yeah. It's that's. I think that's why the, the topic of sleep is so fascinating to me. I feel like we still have so much we don't know, even like why we dream, what's really happening inside our brain and our body when we are asleep versus when we are awake. I don't think there's a clear answer to everything yet. Not yet, but researchers are working on it and give us some really good uh, food for thought and for organizing our learning in the best possible way based on what they've researched. It is amazing. It is. All this research you shared, we can totally uh, try to use it in our own learning. So I'm curious, when you learn language yourself, did you try any of this method? And uh, um, did you ever try like learn through sleep or something like that ever worked for you? Uh, you see, I can't check that because I, I'm not equipped with a laboratory. You know, so I can't check if I learn better than I would have if I didn't do what I do. But uh, what I, do, I don't um, deliberately learn uh, or put recordings on when I sleep. But before I uh, fall asleep, I still watch some YouTube videos in different languages, whether a language that is uh, already that I am familiar with or a new language. And I believe it works somehow. I might not remember what were the last 20 minutes of that video because I already fell asleep. Uh-huh. And I cannot check whether I've learned anything new because I don't have these uh, laboratory things, this laboratory equipment. What I really notice and what works for me is very much aligned with some of the research. If I need to take an exam and I learn before, then I go to bed uh, not very late so that I have enough hours of sleep. And then I'm usually efficient in uh, taking exams. I normally pass and I don't have any trouble being concentrated or retrieving stuff I can never, in all the recent years at least, I can never complain about uh, suddenly forgetting a word. Who knows? There are also, you know, there are also interesting uh, investigations 
in which in the conclusion scientists say, and then we don't know if this result is due to this or that organization of learning or just due to the fact that the control group was just tired and sleepy at the time of the experiment <laughs> because they kind of divided um, people into two groups. One group learned, then had uh, eight hours of sleep, and then came back to the laboratory to check the results of uh, memorizing stuff. And another group learned and did not have sufficient sleep. And so scientists say, okay, we don't know. Maybe they just did not sleep enough, and that's the problem. Yeah, that, that's part of the how complicated, right, scientific research could be. And there are hypotheses, you do the research, but then how you explain the result, and there could be other things, but that means more research is needed to really figure that out. But when you talk about that, remind me of an old saying. I don't know whether it's true at all, but they say, if you are learning a new language and you start dreaming that you, in your dream, you speak this language, <laughs> then that means you actually are really mastering it or somehow that means you are learning it well. Uh, I remember when I learned, I learned English since I was in um, elementary school in China. And for so many years, I only vividly recall, I dream about speaking English when I first came to America, the first day, I guess it's just too many input. Everyone is talking about English. I've never been in this kind of environment all day long. And then I start dreaming about speaking it. And then I was really excited when I woke up. I was like, finally, I dream about it. <laughs> That's just wonderful what you're saying, because it, it's your experience like you really felt that yeah and the, when you say about it do you believe now that you really had this dream in english and you remember distinct words in english or is it an emotional part that you felt as if you were speaking english what what does it feel to you yeah that's a good question now i think back i feel like it possibly not really about each single word, how much I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's a signal or it's an indication that I'm really start blending into this language environment. And that's like how familiar, how comfortable I am by listening to the language all day long. And then it's become natural language in my dream. I'm speaking that language no matter what my level is in real life. But in my dream, actually, I recall it was comfortable. It was not scary when I speak that in my dream. So I think it's a definitely more emotional component. Build the confidence. <laughs> uh, yeah, why I ask that is uh, exactly for this reason, whether it's uh, your idea of uh, speaking this language or really some distinct words that you remember, but then I would have another question. And uh, I also ask my students who say, oh, I finally had a dream in English and Italian in whatever new language. And uh, I don't want to discourage people naturally, but then I ask myself, okay, in a dream, there are other functions 
verbal components are not uh, so important. So probably it's when we recall a dream, we put it into words, and then we start uh, yeah, finding some words into which to verbalize kind of our dream that did not have this verbal component while we were sleeping and dreaming. But that's another topic, yeah? So we should probably ask uh, an expert in this area who somehow has access to investigating whether people dream in words of a language or not. I believe not, but well, yeah, but it's, it would it's be very curious. interesting. A lot in our mind. I will, I will search see whether I know any sleep expert doing research on the language, on memory, uh, and dreams. But I know one function of dreaming of our REM sleep actually is to consolidate our emotional memories. So even if we are dreaming about speaking a language, I'm wondering whether there's a lot of emotional uh, component in this memory related to, or this experience related to this language actually is being uh, understood by our brain during or through a format of dreaming. That would be curious to get to know about. And uh, I wonder what technology scientists use or would use to research this stuff. Because uh, what do you grasp when you investigate dreams? Mm -hmm. But probably also this encephalographic uh, thing could uh, track these areas that get activated, whether they are the same as verbal input or different or closer to images or whatever? Yeah, I went to some lectures about sleep before. I think they do some research animals. They use fMRI machine, right? So you can see which uh, brain area is activated. But they also inject some colorful trackers into the body of the animals. It's harmless, basically, based on my understanding. But it can shiny, be shiny through the machine. You can see which area actually is uh, is very active. So it's it's super cool. I know a lot of uh, new technologies are out there, and the researchers are using more and more tools to figure out these questions. Just uh, amazing. I believe uh, these scientists have fun in their laboratories when they study this stuff, especially if it's colored. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I really enjoy learning all these ways of learning a new language. You teach language quite a lot. Have you noticed some of your students may get really nervous about learning language or get frustrated if it does not go well for them and because i know like during the daytime if you try to learn or and take some kind of language test it does not go well or you feel like you keep on forgetting you cannot remember what you need to remember i saw someone with severe insomnia like students they said ah oh, i'm learning english it does not go well i just you know i worry about it all the time and i cannot fall asleep easily so i'm wondering is that common with students i believe it is i mean students who have to take exams or tests or something 
let's put it so when I work with kids, they never have any kind of these troubles. They just don't know it can be stressful. They play if they don't remember a certain word or some words uh, they try to gesticulate to mime and let me understand what they mean then I help them with the word and I've never heard of uh, any sleeping issues in kids Hmm. adults who are not students anymore grown-up people who learn a language for work for just self-development whatever usually don't report on uh, sleep issues, but say they do get frustrated when they realize they've put much effort and it doesn't uh, bring the fruit they hoped for, Hmm. especially when they uh, travel and uh, try to hold a conversation with a native speaker and either don't understand or get blocked while uh, they want to say something. This is very common. And uh, no, here we don't uh, have these uh, sleeping issues. That's rather a student's problem. Mm. For students, I would just recommend uh, getting to know this stuff about the research and say sleep is part of your preparation. Mm. Just don't study too late at night. Finish learning at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Have a walk. Go to bed at 11, like that, because many students believe the more they study when they're awake, the better they get prepared. And then they're stressed, then they don't sleep well, then they suffer during the exam. So it's a vicious circle that uh, I would recommend to just break by uh, healthy uh, routines. Yeah, just by healthy sleeping routines. People somehow don't trust this, and I think your podcast is and will be helpful to many who will finally hear that uh, these boring things about routines. Just organize your day. Just live a normal routine, and this will help you to learn better, to succeed, to pass exams. It's so important. Exactly. Oh, I'm so happy you mentioned that because I know quite a lot of research also, not uh, specifically about language learning, but about memory learning in general is uh, I also have some experts here talk on the show, talk about this before, that if you can protect your sleep, sleep the amount that your body really needs, like typically how you sleep, right? And then that's what's really going to boost the performance, the memory, the concentration, your your academic performance, everything the next day. So I remember one of the uh, Dr. Grandner, a sleep specialist, mentioned when he has an important day the next day, he's going to present, he's going to do quite a lot of heavy work. He especially going to pay attention to try to go to bed a little bit early. 
because he knows from research and his own personal experience that if you can sleep very well, that's what you need to perform so well next day. A lot of time we are doing the opposite. We're like, I need to like squeeze in more information before tomorrow's big day. I need like, you know, sleep is not important. I can try to repeat this knowledge one more time, one more hour, two more hour, and then I end up only sleep half the time I normally sleep sleep. I think that's totally worth it. And consciously, actually, we don't know what's happening, right, to our brain, to our body. When we sacrifice our sleep, that actually hurts our performance so bad the next day. The researchers tried to test people's uh, reaction time, cognitive processing, it definitely significantly lower the next day. No matter how many more hours you study, your performance is lower. You, you think slower the next day and you it's harder for you to retrieve memories. And uh, also there are research I know during the daytime for students, even if you take a short nap, sometime after this short, like um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes nap, you, your performance possibly can increase a little bit. And sleep is just important. Sleep, rest is so important. Physical activity, just walking, not always stressing out because you have an important exam, but having your normal routines, healthy routines that help you perform better. That's exactly what you're saying about, and uh, that's also one of our topics that we repeat regularly on a podcast that I co-host with a colleague in Germany. The podcast is in English, and it's called Live and Learn, where we discuss this stuff about uh, how we live and learn our personal and professional experience. And when we have our episodes uh, dedicated to how to perform in a job interview, how to perform in an exam, how to perform in a language exam if you want to get a certificate in a language, we always say that uh, your performance is not all your effort that you put into preparation and um, an exam itself, but it all starts with healthy routines. It your performance during the exam starts the night before when you get ready to go to bed. That's when your preparation starts, not during the exam, not uh, when you do your tasks. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So the podcast is called Live and Learn. Live and Learn, exactly. Okay, great. I also know you just started another podcast by yourself. Do you want to tell us what it's about? Happily, I will. And uh, this second podcast, which is freshly baked, is in Italian. And it's called uh, La Tua Voce all'estero, which translated into English is Your Voice Abroad, where I want to share not so much to share my experience as to accompany people who want to learn a foreign language or to adapt to a new country. So I'm trying to give this voice to people who are still in search of their own voice in another language. 
Great. Yeah. So if any of our listeners, if you speak Italian and you want to check out Ina's um, podcast, so you can go to search it out. I cannot repeat that uh, that's name, but it sounds beautiful. <laughs> I can repeat it. La tua voce, Alessandro. And uh, if you want to uh, share the links in the show notes, I will be grateful. And I hope your listeners uh, can uh, benefit from listening to both uh, to both podcasts. Definitely. Any show notes, uh, any links, I would love to put it on the show notes. And also, Ina, if any of our listeners really love what you shared and they want to learn from you or they want to find more information about you, where can they find you? Well, I have got a very simple version of a website that you can also link in the show notes. But mostly I'm present on uh, the social media. Both podcasts are also on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Live and Learn is more present everywhere on all the main uh, social media. And uh, Yeah, you're welcome. Take a listen, get and uh, visit us on our social media and uh, Live and Learn sleep well, organize your routines smartly, and uh, you're due to succeed. Yeah, thank you so much, Ina. I love the uh, title of your podcast, Live and Learn, right? We are lifelong learners and don't be afraid, but don't let learning take over of your life. Still take good care of yourself and maintain a great routine and learn will come along put some effort in for sure but you know it is not supposed to eat up everything else so live and learn happily <laughs> that's a perfect summary of uh, what we have been talking about here on uh, your podcast and also what uh, we try to share on uh, on other podcasts as well because life is beautiful why stress out Live and learn, enjoy, be happy. Yeah, exactly. Live and learn, enjoy and be happy. Love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to the show today, Ina. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great pleasure, really. If you want to listen more about Ina's work, check out her podcast, Live and Learn, as well as her Italian podcast. I will put the links on the show notes at deepintosleep.co. Subscribe our newsletter if you like. I will send out weekly updates about our podcast and some other random sleep health knowledge here and there. Let my podcast drive you deep into sleep. I'm your host, Ishan. See you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. 
I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.